Hola, mi gente. Welcome to another episode of 831 Comadres, where nothing's off the table cuando estás entre comadres. And yo, yo, yo. Welcome also to an episode of Selena's Underground Podcast, your weekly look at politics. <laughs> it's <laughs> politics this week. Heck yeah. Our, our candidate series continues, moves on. So much fun. And today we have... Andrew Sandoval sitting hit with us in the studio. In the hot seat. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> warm. It's 71 <laughs> degrees right now. We'll see what it is at the end of the 71? I'm all, I'm all freaking cold. <laughs> um, but oh. anyway, yeah, Andrew Sandoval, you are running. Is it District 5? Yeah. District, my, oh, my, my district. There's so many oh, people. District oh, five. you better, you better right. come with some I know. good oh, questions. I have some questions. <laughs> all right. Yeah, you're running for city council in the 5th district of Salinas. What would be what? West Central West by Camin, right? Yeah, Camin behind, Lo yeah, all that, all that fun stuff. That area, yeah, that, uh, West Rita. Laurel. Yep, all the way down to Santa Rita. Where does your? Oh wow, that's big. That's where, a big one. where would your district cut off? Because I what? know, like, all of Creek Bridge is all District Six. So where's your? Is your it um, Natividad? No, it's basically Main Street. Everything west. Oh, okay. oh west, so everything west west over is yours. yours. Yes. Nice. <laughs> and okay, then it okay. cuts down San Juan Grade Road mm -hmm. and then it ends at Russell. Okay. Dude, oh. and, and I'm sorry, I just got to jump in because now I got my first question already. Because <laughs> it's a mostly residential area on that side. Dude, what are they What are, what are they asking about? What are they not complaining about? But what, what are the issues that they come? Right? We'll let you answer that one. But we have opinions as well. <laughs> you know, the reality is most people are concerned with streets and sidewalks fact that we don't have any rec centers on our side of town um, but really the sidewalks are a big issue yep and and then i was hoping that it was something like that because that you know being a more residential district it really it does suffer from the homeless issues that other districts do as well but i'm like dude it's so residential i bet it's like streets and sidewalks <laughs> that really bothers them there's the traffic there is, is getting that laurel corridor oh. is yeah, because, again, my parents have a feed store there yeah, on West you know. Laurel. And, yeah, and there's a fire station right there. They got to pop out. Anyway, but hey, let's start with the real first question. I'm <laughs> yes. like, we, we, we got to keep this tight. But anyway, Andrew Sandoval, who are you and why did you decide to run? Well, who am I? That's a good question. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Well, I was born and raised here in Salinas. I'm actually I'm growing up in this. I mean, I'm raising my kids in the same neighborhood I grew up in. That's dope. Um, you know, just a local resident. A couple of years ago, had some issues with the local school, tried to navigate government, discovered it's not that easy. I think there's a lot of systems put in place to make you fail, to frustrate you, to make you go away. Um, you know, I was just around town begging anyone for help. Hardly anybody would listen. And then I just started to learn about the process to get issues addressed and how hard it was. And so, um, you know, through that, I learned a little bit about how government works, really how it doesn't work um, and how it doesn't serve the residents. So um, four years ago, I ran for a city council. I thought, well, I could, you know, make some change. Um, you know, they say, what is it? The squeaky wheel gets the oil. But, you know, I think our city's at a point where you need to stop the wheel and, mm -hmm. and get it aligned and, and redirected. So, um, you know, I've been working in a civil rights organization while working volunteering as a, in a civil rights organization, addressing a lot of the same issues that the city has um, with housing or civil right issues, or even with the permit center. Um, so, you know, I, I thought I'd see what I could do uh, trying to be a public servant for my community. And so that's really what, what it's about. And, 
and uh, I got four kids, and I'm married to my lovely wife. I think now I'm going to say 17 years oh, since wow. high school. I hope you got that one right for I your know. sake. So. <laughs> She's going to be listening. It's going to be 16, I think, unfortunately. 16, because <laughs> my daughter just turned 15. So we got married in December, and my daughter was born like October 18th. So, yeah, 16 Ooh, Honeymoon years. baby. Yeah. Yeah. God's <laughs> yeah. got right to it, huh? Yeah. She's always. And I'm sure all the Mexican senoras were counting months and days. <laughs> Every once in a while, my daughter goes, Wait a second. When were you guys married? I'm like, Unless we had the longest, you know, labor <laughs> period, you know, December 30th, you were born October 18th. I think we're covered. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know how people are. They like oh, to talk. Oh, yeah. Of course. And, I said uh, the same thing to my mom. My mom's like, Callete tu, no digas nada. And I was like, <laughs> It makes sense. <laughs> yes. And I was a business owner for uh, six, 15 years. Uh, I used to own a place called Andrew's Formal. We did uh, zoot suits. Mm-hmm. And Tuxedo, we did the original El Pachuco zoot suits for a long time. We sold the derbies, hats. I uh, did alterations, and then we moved to the mall, and then we uh, opened a bridal shop. It was called Bella's Bridal in Quinceañera, so we did that for a couple of years. Unfortunately, COVID and people's, you know, the way they shop now online, uh, we ended up closing in July and uh, of this last year, and so, you know, on to new things. So do you think that experience as being a small business owner in this town will give you an advantage? Like, yeah, an advantage, or a different insight, I guess, yeah. it, you know, as a city council member. Right. You know, from my perspective, yes, I, I think it will. Um, more more so that I think small businesses aren't really reached out to or helped. Yeah. I, I was in business a long time. I only got a visit from the city one time when we got a complaint, you know. <laughs> and so, yeah, so the fact that, you know, I don't think there's enough outreach to small business. You might get an email blast, which is great, but, you know, is it English? Is it Spanish? who's opening their email, you know, the way they knock on doors to give you a citation is the same way they should be checking in on you. Yeah. Yeah. So. Is that something that you feel if, and you know, if you are elected, is that something that you feel that you can have an impact on um, as a sitting city council member? Absolutely. I think we need to rewrite the the playbook on outreach, right? You know, every time at city council, they sit there and they're like, how did you reach the businesses or how did you reach the residents? And they always say, I, I, I can't, I don't even want to hear it again. Cause they say, well, did you knock on their doors? Well, no, we sent out letters, but that's a good idea for next time. And then the next meeting, they'll say the exact same thing. How'd you reach out to residents? Oh, we dropped off flyers. Did you knock on the doors? No, but next time we will. Mm. So I think they need to rewrite the playbook, not just for small business outreach, but for residents as well. Awesome. Want to take the next question? <laughs> to go for it, and I'll be the last because I need okay. to. Like, I don't be um, you know, this is w- one of the um, questions that we've been asking all the candidates. Um, you know, Selena sits at the center of a nine plus billion dollar agricultural um, industry, um, but a lot of the residents still. Well, you, we feel as though we still struggle financially as a city. Why is that? <laughs> um, in your opinion, why is that? And and what ideas do you have to to help to you know mitigate that that issue? You know, I got the same question about two weeks ago. We were having a little meet and greet off of uh, Navajo, and one of the residents goes, "I have a question. If we're making billions of dollars off the ag industry, why are we like second class citizens? Why aren't we like mm-hmm. all have the best roads and and how come our people aren't getting paid well and everyone has nice housing?" So. 
you know, we were at a forum the other day and they asked the same question, but they, they worded it this way. The, uh, the reporters, Claudia Melendez said, um, Shout out Claudia Melinda Salinas from Voices of Monterey Bay. Yes. <laughs> she said, you know, we have such a hard time finding out how much tax revenue comes in mm-hmm. from the ag industry. So, you know, I know there's been talks in the past about taxing a per box, uh, you know, rate. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm not very familiar with how they get taxed. It sounds like if the media can't get that information, it's, it's really difficult. But it doesn't make sense to me. You know, the government shouldn't subsidize. Uh, poor, their poor wages, and we do need to find a way to collect tax. I mean, their traffic impacts our roads. And, I mean, even our sidewalks, because sometimes I see these trucks run them over. So I think it's yeah. definitely something we need to look into. And, you know, let's let's be real. The reality is ag has a big impact on campaigns and, and you know, sure. big influence on government. Mm-hmm. So sometimes people don't want to have those conversations because the last thing you want to upset is the big, the big ma- money man, right? Mm-hmm. So... I actually have the updated numbers here. So somebody graciously dropped off the ag report and it's up to 11.659. I left how they go to the wow. third digit. 11.659, what they claim to be the, the agriculture's contribution to the local economy. $31.9 million per day. So about two cups. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great one. And that's the sound bite. But- <laughs> And how do you do that? Like, how do you do it without starting a fight? Because obviously, you know, like, what if they say, well, well, we're going to Soledad if you're trying to tax us, you know? Like, how, how do you sit down at the table with these big businesses that kind of control the city and be like, look, dude, we need to fix our roads. We need to fix our sidewalks. But we also don't want to push you out of the city. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. We'll be right back after this. Commercial. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I mean, you know, where you started, that's a good question. You know, I don't think it's ever been addressed. So, you know, I mean, I'm not a big fan of consultants, but I think first first step is inviting them to sit at the table, see what how they can contribute, right? I guess we need to find out first, are they willing to, right? Sometimes people don't even ask the question. So yeah. that, you know, uh, you know, Chris Barrera, who's sitting over here behind us, is a big fan of just having a meeting and sitting at the table, right? At least initially, right? Mm-hmm. Then we can gauge where people are at. You know, sometimes people say, yeah, I mean, you know, you ask somebody for help and, you know, sometimes they just say yes. So I think step one is bringing them to the table. Awesome. Okay. For sure. And also, I want to get into, because you're also another district that, because the, the districts on the north side have this room, you know, we, we have this big west area, you know, whatever, strategic, whatever. There's houses that are going to be built on the northeast side of the city, but your district is kind of constrained. You know, you got Baranda on one, one side and you got Santa Rita to the north and then South Salinas over here, how can your district help contribute with the, again, homelessness is such a big issue. Mm-hmm. And, and and granted, the government is, you know, locally we're doing something now, you know, with this Project Home Key and all these things. But how can, how can those services be spread out amongst the city so one district doesn't, I don't want to say burden, because again, I don't feel like, you, you know, you're helping people. It shouldn't be a burden. But again, your district is kind of, like squeezed in, you know, like it's not like you could, there's land where you could put a five story shelter or something in your district. No, the reality is we don't, we don't have any space and, and we don't even have very much green space. Yeah. So, you know, right now they're talking about putting in a rec center, um, you know, in district five and they're trying to pick a park. And I'm like, well, in theory, <laughs> that sounds great, but except like for where? <laughs> where 
And if you put it in a park where I happen to be a coach for my kids' sports, where I fight for every square inch of that field, and you're going to take half of that, then there's a problem. So, you know, they really need to think of alternatives. But we, unfortunately, don't have a lot of space. So I'm not, I don't have an answer to that. Other than, I mean, the only vacant spaces we have is Sears. Uh, we have Kmart and Orchard. Oh, Orchard. Okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, Orchard. There you go. Yeah, those That's are some it. good spaces but out didn't there. didn't they say that Orchard or Kmart are going to be Whole Foods or something like that? They're bringing over. Not Whole Foods. Nah. What did they say? T- uh, or they no, said something. Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's. Another El right Super, yeah. maybe. But I heard something, but I mean, who knows demograph- how much that's Demographics true. means everything to yeah. those companies. And if, if you don't make a certain amount of money with the yeah, we're not getting a circle. Whole Foods where yeah. Kmart used to be because the it's no, I know it's exactly. Like, that's we're like just, the we're, rumor around town, you know yeah. what I heard, but people love those rumors. At one point, they're like, "We're getting a Hooters." <laughs> it's like, where does this come from? They said that before. Yeah, oh, I, that's the when first time for me. They were doing uh, the lows. Oh, somebody said there's gonna be a Hooters out there. Like, <laughs> no, this is all public information. You can read it. It's not. <laughs> it's called funny. Lowe's. Um, yeah, just look at who pulled permits. It's Quite simple, y'all. But anyhow, That's we digress. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my turn with the question. Um, obviously, I you know I live in the district that you're running for, and I know we talked like you said about the sidewalks and everything. But also, I know Sam brought a good question when we were like discussing all these questions, and she's all with Old Town quickly becoming the culture center of the city. Um, how can it continue to be? Beca- how can it be welcoming to people from Salinas from all socioeconomic? Um, backgrounds like just you know like south side is growing but how can we bring like you know district five over and then other people from different districts without feeling some type of way or you know or feeling right yeah we don't want old town to be a bunch of upper middle class people walking around you know i i think the community is better when you have all these different you know socioeconomic levels but like how 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 can that be done do we force like uh, builders to build low-income housing or well I think we'll be back after this commercial break. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, you know what? We need to bring events to Old Town that are culturally relevant to everybody. Yeah. Ooh, snaps for that because yes. we don't have that right now. No. It's Diwali, right? How cool would it be like a Diwali festival or something? That'd be yeah. pretty dope. Yeah. And, and I, you, the, there are things being done. For example, you know, the, the downtown trick-or-treat or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's something that's cool and, you know, it's family-oriented and stuff like that. But, you know... Again, you know, culturally, um, I think that's a great a great um, point, right? If we brought a cultural event here um, into Old Town, what types of how about El Grito? Ooh, I'm still here for that. Just because it's never been done before doesn't mean it can't be done. So you know, navigating through that process and maybe people think, oh, that's automatically got to go in the east side, but why? So Mm -hmm. you know, but. The other end of that is getting somebody to be able to organize that. And who's going to step up to do it? So, you know, I think Orlando's been doing a good job. You know, well, Christmas time, in the park. First time oh, ever. Yeah. At, at yeah. yeah. Cool They're bringing snow. And and he does so like cool. movie nights a lot. That's I know so he did cool. that a lot, which is yeah. awesome, especially at like El Dorado. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was so cool. He did stuff like that. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it just takes an idea and a group of people to get it done. So, I think we need to do more of those things. Awesome. When you're elected, hit me up. I'm down for that. Okay. <laughs> well, that's what I like to hear because everyone's like, you should do this. And I'm like, are you going to help? 
Yeah, and, and, I'll show up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Especially when it comes to culturally enriching events. I'm a mom. I'm a single mom. And I homeschool my daughter. And I wish that there were more things that I could take her to. If we had an El Grito event, then I could create curriculum for her surrounding, you know what I mean? What mm -hmm. the significance of that, you know, is and how that helped you know, the United States and all of these other things. And then we go to the event and then we're there and we're in it and it makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a great idea. Props to you on also, that answer. I, I want to shout out before there is a great El Grito event on Alisal every year mm -hmm. where you get 30 to 40,000 people out there, which is so cool. It's really so, awesome. And what bugs me, you know, fucking, you see it on the news. I'm sorry, I'm getting all aggressive. But <laughs> <laughs> if there was a fight, or a shooting, oh, oh, yeah. so it would be yeah. in every freaking newspaper. Yeah. But mm -hmm. but other than it goes nice and everybody's all all happy and it's just like oh guess what happened it happened you know, and anyway so that's a whole nother topic mm -hmm. that's a whole nother thing. Well anyway and these things it would take you know it always takes money you know you you need money to to do these programs and, and these events and a question that I've been asking the candidates is do you believe Salinas has a healthy tax base. You know, is there enough money, basically, to to fund these kind of events or th these kind of programs? Absolutely. You know, people say, well, <clears throat> it hasn't done before. Well, I don't know if you followed, but, you know, a couple months ago, the city found $30 million. They found it? They, they found it. it was you under, know what? It was, if I was, was missing, it was under the mattress. If I was missing $30, I'd be looking for that shit. Yeah. My wife, <laughs> you misplaced 30. Yes. My wife was like, didn't you have $30? Yes. And so, you know, um, I, I actually, me and Chris uh, Barrera and, and uh, one of my cousins, Aide Farias, uh, we were sitting on a measure G committee, which oversees a one cent tax measure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, one cent for peace, right? Yeah. Something like that. Uh, but for safety? What was for it? safety. For sidewalks. Or, uh, I don't remember what they were. It was a slogan. I remember slogan, that. But public safety is like a catch-all. You can, you can put everything under that. Mm -hmm. No, they called it something else. Uh, but but I'll, I'll have to think A penny for that. peace. That's what it was. Yeah? I think it was, yeah. Start singing the song, Penny for your thoughts. <laughs> well, she was part of the audit committee. So she wanted to find out where the unspent money from each department went. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh. so so she said, so, you know, there's 150000 here, you know, half a million here. What happens to it? They, they said, well, we'll get back to you. They never got back to us, but like three months later, I think it was, the city announced it found $30 million <laughs> of five years of unspent money. Wow. Yes. So, yeah, like I said, I, I don't know how you could do that. And, of course, now we have a new finance director. Um, and so, um, yeah, nobody's exactly sure where that money came from, but it, it um, well, but we, now there. we know it's, it's there. Yes. It didn't make money. big news. Um, but there's the a lot of money. It's like $150 million. That's like what? 30% of the budget or something? Two, three. Yeah. About 33% yeah. of the budget. Uh, that's the Alice yeah. Vibrancy plan funded, right? <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's another topic. So think about this old town, three blocks, right? So many millions of dollars. Alisal, an entire region of our city, $3 million. I mean, come on. Three blocks or like 100 blocks. You know, proportionally, it's just ridiculous. And we're in the neighbor, we're in the Old Town neighborhood, and I absolutely love it and adore it. But compared to Alisal, it is fucking sleepy. I'm sorry I keep cussing. No. <laughs> I'm, feeling, I'm feeling comfortable. I'm feeling comfortable with you. But, but and again, and I love what, it's, what they're doing, and it looks really nice. But yeah, it is really sleepy. Mm. On Sunday, I, I was looking for food at, at 8.30 in the evening, 
everything on this part of town was closed. Yeah. Everything on the east side was open. <laughs> yeah. And for like another hour and a half, there was some that were still open, going to stay open till 11. Or, and or the taqueria stay don't, open. Don't, don't, don't mention that, because what if they want to spend another $10 million to get it busy on Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> no. It's do, a sad do, reality. Damn if you don't, right? No, it's a sad reality. There will never be a Santa Rita shopping center revitalization or alvin square mm -hmm. or williams or the swamp meet is not going to get 10 million dollars yeah. people say well look at all the more the, the tax revenue that's bringing in well yeah 10 million dollars will do that but when are we going to see a return on investment and we're not going to see it for a long long time i've mm -hmm. also heard that oh we attempted this about a decade ago and the votes and the money weren't there but now it's different now we did have the money and say like, well why just spend it on one neighborhood i didn't yeah. I'm not going to call that person out. But. And I, I think that, that you know, it's a, a good segue into, um, in your opinion, you know, um, I think a lot of people talk about, like, equality, right? We need to be equal with, you know, the Southliness and Easterliness and, you know, all this stuff. But the conversation that I would like to have more so is about equity. What does equity look like for you in terms of your constituents in District 5? Well, look. You know, as we go forward, right, we can't just cut a piece of the pie into six pieces and say that's equity because for too, far too long, you know, I was at a recent forum and even the sitting council member said, yeah, uh, District 5 is like the forgotten child, you know, for so many years. And I'm thinking, well, our mayor's from District 5. That's eight years yeah. of representation. You're from District 5. You know, what, what, what has anybody done, right? So, you know, obviously we know there's, you know, other districts, but. There needs to be an investment. We need to, if we're going to really talk equity, we need to find out where the investment has been historically. And then we, we can to, look at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then we need to make sure we're allocating to that because, you know, people are tired of just, not, you know, the money not going to uh, District 5. Yeah. That again, it's, it bothers me every year that the Ag Commission or whatever comes out with their billions of dollar things and it's like, and I'm trying to like scrounge up my pennies to pay the rent. <laughs> like, right. Where's this money going, dude? <laughs> Where's it going? It's on 68. I bet. Bet a bunch of it's on Highway 68. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well. Anyway, and you you kind of brought up your opponent a bit, and and she has been in office now for a couple of years. If you do get elected, what can the constituents of that your district? What will they see different from your opponent? Well, I think responsiveness is is one of the biggest issues that people brought up to me. Um, is that, you know, if you're elected, we just like to be able to get a call back. And I think that's a pretty low bar, unfortunately. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I call you back. You know, I'm more looking forward to actually, you know, walking with them to address some of the issues, right? It's not just putting a little pressure on staff. Sometimes it's helping them navigate things, right? So mm -hmm. I think that's that's the number one thing is is that if I'm elected, you know, if they choose, you know, to pick me, then I would, I would be more responsive and, and walk with them, you know, to get some of these issues addressed. Yeah. We'll take the next one. Yeah. I'll keep asking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I see that you got another question up your sleeve. Oh, Go boy. for it. <laughs> Go ahead, Oz. I don't know. I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean, I because we do have you know other candidates with like an educational background. And would you consider yourself like a working class background, or you know what what, what would you consider your background there? Yeah, I don't have much education. I guess I shouldn't say that on 
on the podcast, right? We don't want everyone to hear that. But no, yeah, I'm a college but, dropout. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, the reality is, yeah. no, the reality is, you know, we grew up around business. You know, we we started selling at the the original flea market, La the Sky, Pulga, La Pulga, La original. Uh, Skyview Flea Market on yeah. Sanborn. Way back and, in the and day. You, yes. and you're, I mean, I'm giving my age up here, but I'm sure you can remember as well, back when it was actually a drive-in theater. Right. Uh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. The boxes were still on there for the sound, you know, mm-hmm. when we used to put up our, yep. our puesto. And so it's mostly been a working background. Um, and then, you know, we were able to open one of the first spaces at the indoor swamp meet um, when that opened up many, many years ago. And then my parents... You know, did that other business? We had a business where um, it was called Saul's Menswear. It's uh, right next to Taco I remember Bell. That. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. I lived. I I grew up on Alisal right behind Zacatecanos. Oh, okay. My mom went there to get all of our pants hemmed. Oh, well, that was my dad. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. One day he bought a sewing machine and he just decided that he's going to start hemming pants. And mm-hmm. I think at that time he was charging four dollars to hem pants. He actually. It was three dollars originally. Oh, wow. I remember this very, oh, wow. very clearly. It was Small three room. bucks. Yes. Yes. Yep. So. Well, and did they? Now I'm curious about your parents. I'm like, did they have a business background? Were they born here? Did they? No, they, they were. Come from? They were, uh, you know, both immigrants, and they worked in the fields for many years. My mom was, uh, my dad was a mayordomo in spinach. You know, right in, at the end of of his. Uh, um, stand in, in the fields, and my mom was working in strawberries and raspberries and all kinds of different things. La Mora. And La Mora, yeah. And um, then from there, they saved some money and they started selling bicycles at the flea market. Oh, cool. And then from bicycles, it went to women's clothing for a little while and then men's clothing for many years. And then they, uh, you know, they, they branched out into a brick and mortar store. And then, you know, that was uh, the indoor swap meet, then Saul's menswear. And then we opened a couple, well, my mom opened a couple of uh, water stores. It was called Superb Water. It's over there off of uh, Laurel. Mm -hmm. And then we opened a location off of uh, Williams. So that's where I spent my teen teen years is uh, selling water. Um, And I I always thought, we're never going to make it because it's only 35 cents a gallon, right? And that was like our primary thing. But sure enough, we built it up over time. So you can sell ice to an Eskimo then. (laughs) I don't know about that, but <laughs> well, and then you you must have extensive experience then of getting small businesses started in in this town. What well, what is one roadblock that you think that that you would like to see alleviated? And I'm not saying that you can guarantee it, but you know what's something that the city could do to make it easier for somebody well, starting a small business. You know, step one, you go to city hall and they tell you to get a business license, right? But then they also tell you, you need to get a fictitious business name, and then they tell you, well, now you need to get a seller's permit. I mean, creating a playbook, I think you know, step-by-step step of what, you know, how to open a business here in Salinas, that'd be a great help for people, right? And then, you know, in that playbook, having the resources and and uh, I know the city's doing some... Uh, they did the Small Business Navigator. Yeah. Um, I, Mick Shane talked about it, you know. I didn't get this. Was that like an app or a website? It's a website, or? if, oh, okay. if I understand <laughs> it correctly. So you could go to like the City of Salinas website and then it'll direct you to their, you know, small business navigator. You know, there's links 15 or whatnot. clicks away or something. It, pr- yeah. Pretty, yeah, you know. Yeah, you have to be doing more like, you know, community seminars and going out and saying, hey, you want to start a business. You know, they got to be in the language that the people speak too. Right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, one of the questions that I had for McShane when he had spoke about the small business navigation and stuff, and 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 he did say, you know, that it's available in English and in Spanish. And when I, uh, you know, kind of pressed him a little bit more about that, he mentioned that there were 
three or four, he rattled off, you know, three or four different events that had happened, but they were all happening in South Salinas, you know? So, um, you know, to kind of speak to your point of like, you know, meeting people where they're at, like, what do we have to do to get the señora who's selling tamales in front of Montemar, you know what I mean? To, to turn her into a legitimate business and, you know, not having her be, um, you know, you, you can get fined and, you know, kind of harangued by the cops and, you know what I mean? Things of this nature, right? So. Yeah, I mean, you can do a pop-up right there. You know, you can say, hey, Friday when you're selling here, we're going to have a little seminar here. You know, a, about, what, a year and a half ago, um, when I was still in business, uh, one of the ladies who did uh, some decorations for us, she goes, you know, they're all trying to launch their own little business, right? Their own little decorating business or their own flowers or different things. And so I had to help them navigate to sign up for the uh, Pajaro Valley mm-hmm. um, business, small business development, uh, some of their grants. And they started having classes um, here. I think it was a Hartnell campus off of Williams. Mm-hmm. So I got them signed up and they were all pumped up. Unfortunately, COVID hit and then everything kind of changed. But, you know, it was really like navigating through the process, helping them sign up. I mean, you really have to offer a lot of support because not everyone is tech savvy. Mm-mm, you know, exactly. especially yeah. certain demographics. So it was walking through them and then, you know, reminding them, don't forget to go, you know, because it's something that it's not normal for them, right, to go to classes. The lady selling tamales is not normally going to say, well, yeah, I took five business classes before making the tamales. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and so you got to be able to create those uh, comfortable environments for them. Awesome. Want to take that, French? I'll take it. <laughs> Just didn't know if you guys had any other follow-up questions. Um my question will probably be easy, probably one of the easiest ones. Uh, what is one thing you want your pe- the people of your district should know about you? Well, one thing. I would say <laughs> I'm very persistent. I love it. I'm very persistent. And, um, you know, sometimes, and I'm going to bring Chris Barrera because we work really well together. Um, we're very persistent. So that, that means that we're not going to go away until an issue is resolved. And that may be six months. I mean, that may be a year. And and we've been told that sometimes the issues we're trying to get resolved, the people have been told you should probably work with them because they're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so even resolving some issues with the city, the, you know, some staff has been told, you know, they live here, they're going to be here, they're going to continue until they get their issues resolved. So basically you don't take no as an answer. Yes. I like it. Yes. I like it, okay. Yes. And, and I'm going to, since you guys are talking so much about McShane... <laughs> Um, He's getting free ads, man. We'll well, say the, the, you know, the District 3 council member. No, 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 no. I, think, I think naming him by name would be great mm-hmm. in this situation. You know, we, we were, we're a big proponent of transparency, right? And, and, and one of the things um, we believe in is if uh, police officers have body cam footage, the public should have access to that body cam mm-hmm. footage. Mm-hmm. And so in our persistent, um, you know, we like to always have meetings with people and give them a chance to help resolve and, and I remember one time, this is one of the reasons I ran too, because I thought, man, if these people are representatives and they're our voice and they're the ones who can actually make change, but they're choosing not to, uh, it's a big problem for me. So I remember I was driving back from going somewhere with my mom and Carmel, I don't know, handled some appointment. And uh, I called Steve and I said, hey, Steve, you know, the city's not releasing body cam footage. He goes, oh, don't worry, Andrew, let, let, me, let me make some calls. I'm going to try to take care of it for you. He tries, and then he says, no, Andrew, sorry. He goes, but maybe we can add a line item on the budget for you. I thought, what? He goes, yeah, because, you know, it costs money to produce these body cam footage. And I'm like, 
Steve, you know, it's, it's public information. It should be, it should be readily available to the public. And then I remember this so clearly and I couldn't believe it. He he tells me, you know where you should go, Andrew? He says, you should go to Burger King. And I'm like, Burger Burger King. King. (laughs) We all go like, excuse me. Yeah. He goes, because at Burger King, you can have it your way. (gasps) And I said, excuse me. I said, I don't, I don't joke around with you like that. This is not something that just, you know, maybe I'm the one advocating it, but advocating for it. But it's not just because I want it. It's because the public deserves it and has a right. And so I told him, I don't joke with you like that, Steve. And, you know, I take this very seriously. And, and, you know, that was another motivation. I thought, man, you know, instead of helping find a solution, you know, you don't, you don't make comments like that to people. Mm -hmm. You know, even though he might not be my, my direct representative, he still represents me on the city council. Yeah. No. Yeah. And sometimes when the council like they kind of revel in in keeping secrets from the public, there was oh, a yeah. There was the. I mean, there's several instances, but the one that stuck out for me is uh, years ago, some guy came with a proposal to build a baseball stadium, uh, right there on on Front and Abbott, and first meeting again, they made a big huff of like, if you like professional sports, if you like baseball, come to this city council meeting. We need as much sports boosters. Um, as as we can up there, and the dude shows up and he's like, "Oh, I'm going to need at least sixteen million dollars in tax breaks, you know, just just to get this going." <laughs> and um, yeah, it was just just again so so, so outrageous. And and again, I'm not going to call anybody out, but the the city once the the meeting started and they said, "Oh, this is what we're actually here to talk about," the council members were basically like high fiving each other that they had been able to keep the secret for so long from the constituents and they're all proud and i'm like what else are you keeping that yeah. you like you shouldn't be so happy the, the government and dude don't get me wrong there's like there are national security secrets you know mm-hmm. but i don't think the salinas city council is protecting any <laughs> nuclear weapons or, or or anything around here so it, it, it it's funny how well they think it's funny I'm like, you're laughing in our face that you kept a secret from us. And then they do it so often. And it's like, again, dude, you are public. It's public information. It's public information. You you shouldn't. But I also think that we need to look at um, where people get their campaigning money from. It doesn't surprise me that McShane or, you know, or there could be other people that I could call out, but since we're specifically talking about him, you know, a large portion of his campaigning money comes from police unions. So, mm-hmm. of course, when, you know, you're pressing about, you know, things like that, I mean, you, my father says it all the time, follow the money. <laughs> um, where have you gotten the majority of your campaigning dollars from? And do you feel as though you owe anything to any specific you know supporters in in as far as your campaign goes do i owe anybody anything no no i don't owe anybody anything when i ran four years ago i actually didn't want to take anybody's money because i always thought man if i take somebody's money they're going to have the perception that it's going to buy them time or influence or any of that stuff so you know i was very reluctant and it's uh, probably why I didn't raise very much money um, the first time around. But but it uh, doesn't really take, I mean, I, I'll just, I'm sorry to cut you off, but you did an 
excellent job of running that campaign on what many would call a shoestring budget. And, you know, uh, I think a lot of people expected you to lose by a much larger margin. And it was under 100 votes. It was like 86 or something like that. Yeah. 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 Less than 1%. And we were outspent, I think, five or six to one. Wow. So, you know, but going back to your original question, um, you know, most of my, well, most of my money came from friends, family, um, some residents who reached out to me randomly this election cycle, which really caught me off guard. I was, you know, uh, really surprised people had actually done some research and followed uh, some of the things I've been involved with. And so I got some checks in the mail for 50 bucks and then 50 bucks and then messages on Facebook. I want to contribute to your campaign because I seen the work you're doing. And so, you know, that's something new for me. Um, and then, um, like I said, family, of course, always supports me whenever they can. And then uh, a lot of labor unions, okay. you know, a lot of uh, the builders and um, electricians and the Teamsters, you know, working people, right? Mm-hmm. You know, who who all too often were, you know, pushed out of the bidding process because we know one of our biggest contributors to campaigns is Don Chapin, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really, you know, they're not asking for special treatment they're just asking for fair treatment right the same opportunities uh that everyone else gets they want that right so but no i don't owe anything to anybody you know i do have that mindset that everything needs to be fair and everyone should have access to the same information so beautiful yeah. I love that. that that shoestring budget i kind of rattled an idea in my head and i've thought about it and that's been in the papers a little a little bit but what do you think about again selena's is a growing city, continues to grow. We've talked about the complex issues of being in the center of such a big industry, but also having such big economic disparities. Um, So it seems like at some point having part-time essentially city council members is not going to be enough. What do you think about paying city council members a quote-unquote livable wage so they can focus fully on running the city and maybe hiring some staff, you know, so the staff can go out and do some research. What do you feel about that? Well, I think it's a touchy subject for a lot yeah, of taxpayers yeah. because they're going to say, actually in this campaign, people already say, you just want to live off of me. And I'm like, well, with $600, I'm not going to do much living yeah, a month. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but no, here's the reality is, is, is yeah. So sometimes people are like, well, you know, city council doesn't do anything. And I'm like, well, how much time can they dedicate to yeah. it, right? Mm-hmm. I remember sitting at the table with Kimberly one time uh, when I first decided to run. And she goes, she tells me, you know, I want to bring this up, you know, because all too often it has to be retired people, uh, you know, people with a full-time good-paying job. Mm-hmm. You know, the reality is you may not see single moms. You may not see people with lower income brackets because they can't afford to dedicate the time. Exactly. And, you know, that's even one of my concerns. I have four kids and I'm married and I have a job. So, you know, that is one of my concerns. Um, You know, this one business guy, he tells his name is Jim. um, And he goes, you know what? You have a lot of great ideas, but I don't actually think you're going to be able to make some change. And then I'm like, oh, wow. Thank you for the vote of confidence. (laughs) Feel great about myself right now. (laughs) He goes, well, what are you going to do different? And then, you know, it came to my mind. I go, man. I think I might have to live at city hall, right? Yeah. Because yeah. you need to spend the time there, you know? So I don't, I think it's a good idea um, that the, you know, oh, this guy, Jim, the same gentleman, he goes, you know what? You may want to look into it. 
maybe illegal um, uh, labor practices, right? Because they're not even paying you minimum wage. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, well, where's yeah. Jim? Jim should be here. Yes, yes. We need Jim <laughs> asking these questions. That's such a great thing. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I'm thinking, man, I'm not going to make minimum wage. Yeah. But, you know. Well, as a business owner, I'm sure you know what oh, that's yeah. like. Yes, yes, definitely. No, but I, I do think it's something the city needs to consider. Um, you know, because they're the ones who who are supposed to be the, the decision makers, right? Mm-hmm. And all too often, staff is the one making recommendations and saying things like, it doesn't pencil out. And, and does the city council have enough time to actually see what those penciling out things actually mean? The math know? ain't mathing. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I think it's a good idea, um, you know, and, and the city can afford it. Of course, we have to look where we can save money all the time. But I think in order for us to make change, we are the biggest city in Monterey County. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to have a part-time, you know, city council, I think affects our community and, 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 you know, the services we're able to provide. I always thought city council many, many years ago, you go to a city council member with an issue. I thought they opened a file on you, right? This is the case of <laughs> Fulano, right? And, uh, and then they're like, you know, they see where it's progressing and then they check on you and this and this, but that's not the reality because no. who's got the time for that? You know, so all too often, I think issues get dropped or, you know, they rely on city staff. So I think it's a good idea. It's something the city needs to consider. Um, you know, then it would open the opportunities for people who don't make, you know, a, an income that could self-sustain them to be able to be those public servants that they need. Yeah. That would, that and I think you, you made a great point. Not only is Salinas the biggest city in Monterey County, but also, you know, we we need to look within ourselves because I mentioned it on the Carrie Swenson um, episode. Um, you know, we're, we're the largest city population on the 101 between Bakersfield and San Jose, you know. Um, we, we are a powerhouse. And I think that all too often we look outside of this area for answers and for guidance. You know, we look to the Bay Area, we look to Los Angeles, we look to all these bigger markets when in reality we are one of those big markets, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and and I, I also think that there's something here in Salinas that lacks in other places and that's, you know, las ganas. You know, we're, we are a very working class community. Um, and, you know, I think that there are plenty of people here who want to see our city thrive. Um, and, and it just comes down to, like you said, bringing the right people to the table. Um, the people that are, are going to look for the answers within our city, you know, um, and not outside of it. So, Yeah. All right, any, any more questions? We got anything that came up? Yeah. We got to get you out of here. Um, <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Andrew, thanks again for doing this. You made it. You survived, I hope. Yes. I hope, I hope your butt's not too warm in that hot seat. <laughs> <laughs> and it is now 74 degrees in. <laughs> temperature rising. Did, temperature yes. rising. Uh, well, actually, one more uh, thing. I'd just one like to time. give you the opportunity, Andrew. Where can people find you there what's you the the plug the social media handles the telephone numbers the emails what sure well I'll, I'll start off with my cell phone number uh it's 831-809-1150 that's 831-809-1150 i have a website sandovalforsalinas.com and uh i managed to get all my social media also at sandoval 
firstlinas.com or mm-hmm. you know so twitter not twitter i don't do twitter um <laughs> instagram instagram facebook. facebook yeah i started a tiktok so really uh, yes. are you dancing I andrew find you I ha- on TikTok. are you no. dancing it's- on tiktok are no. you like posing with your posters <laughs> to the doors <laughs> I, I tried that yeah no it's it's not as exciting content yet i'm trying to get more comfortable with it it depends on the song you got to put though in the background there you'll go. <laughs> yeah they're not that exciting yeah, so I think don't That's raise good. the don't don't raise the expectations too high, but uh, but uh, you know That's it's cool. just I'm just trying to communicate with everybody, but you know, hopefully you all, you know my heart came through to to be a public servant, and you know I'm I, I promise to be responsive, even if I not don't answer the phone call right away, I will get back to you. Wonderful. Awesome. Like that. Excellent. So yeah, that's Andrew Sandoval. He's running for District Five City Council. Mm-hmm. Go vote. You can still register. You you up have until the up- election day. You can register. Really? Yeah. Correct. California is so cool. I saw a tweet <laughs> where somebody like somebody moved from Texas and they got the voter guide and they're like, "What the hell is this? Like we've we've never got one of these in Texas." And I was like, "Wait, what? Like how?" Do-? She was like, "I not only did I get a voter guide, I got a book telling me teaching me how to fill out my ballot." And really? I could and I could send. And she was blown away because she was from Texas, and I guess in Texas. You have to like physically go to a location and, and do it. It's up to you yeah. to do the research, you know. And yeah. But if you are going to wait to the last second, you can register to vote right up until election day if you go to the elections office. Yeah. On Shilling Place out there in the middle of nowhere. Yes. And vote <laughs> on November 8th, y'all. Yes, yeah. very important. Anyway, thank you. Thank you. Thank you thank again. You. So, thank you. Yeah. Catch you all next time. Adios. Bye bye.